0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse number six. And for some of you, you're probably wondering, oh no, we are starting a little bit later with the message. Are we going to be here till 12:30? No, it'll probably be about 1240. Uh, So, uh, no, I am aware of the time, and so uh, don't worry about that. They have a big clock back there uh, on the back of the wall. Uh, We don't put it on this side because all you'll do is watch a clock. Uh, And so they put it back there, so I'll watch the clock. I just can't see that far, so it's all good. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6, But this I say... He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. When we look at this, we see the culmination of good stewardship. We think about uh, this month, we have been in stewardship, and, and with this stewardship month, we, we recognize that everything that, as a believer, everything that you have belongs to God. And we are just stewards of what God has given to us. We are not the owners, we are just the manager. We are the one who is to take care of what he has given to us in a manner that would please him as the master. He is the owner, we are just the manager. Uh, But in that process, as we are good stewards, we get to enjoy the blessings that come from good stewardship. And you know, I am so thankful Uh, That God did not just leave this area of life out of the Bible because it impacts so much of our life day to day think how much of our week how much of our life those of you who are retired how much of your life was consumed with work and earning and All of the the resources, the gaining, all of the stress uh, that life brings our direction, just over this area called money. And stewardship is more than just the dollar bill. Stewardship is a life. And as we learn, though, how to be a good steward, we find that our life is blessed. Why? Because God is a generous steward. God. God is generous. And here, when we look at this, the last four Sunday mornings, we've been looking at the steps of stewardship. And this morning, the steps of stewardship, this morning, number four is going to be generosity. Generosity. It's an area that is so needed. I think about a man uh, when I went to college, as where I first met him. Uh, he was a, a Christian businessman, and this Christian businessman, uh, he had uh, he had grown, and uh, his businesses had grown. But before before that took place, he was a drywall uh, guy, and he had a draw, drywall business. And uh, his there was a recession that hit, and this was back in the fifties. And uh, his business, he had multiple. Uh, multiple uh, builders that he had done work for and had put the sheetrock in. And so he was buying from the suppliers and putting it in. Well, the builders ended up going bankrupt. They defaulted. And so then he has already put all of this out. And then he was forced into bankruptcy himself. In 1959, as uh, he restarted up his businesses or his business, uh, he decided he was going to partner with God in his business. He partnered with God in his business and God blessed. And he had promised the Lord that he was going to give to God. And what he found was that as he was giving to God, God had a bigger hand. And God would give back to him, and he would give to God, and God would give back to him. Uh, and up through 2019, and I don't know what the numbers are. I've got to uh, call out to him uh, just to see how things are going. Uh, but uh, uh, up, in up through 2019, he had given away $42 million. He's responsible in starting over 1,600 churches He has started and paid for seven Bible colleges being started around the world. What was it? He said, God, as you give to me, I'm going to give back to you. He went from giving God 10%, which is the tithe, which belongs to the Lord, and him living on 90%, to where he started giving God the 90%, and he was living on 10% and he owns condos not not just a condo he owns condominiums in hawaii he he owns ferraris he said some of them he's never even driven but he got them for a good deal so he bought them as an investment Deb and I were down in Stanford yesterday, uh, and while we were down in uh, Palo Alto, uh, there were Lexus, 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 Lexus passing us, uh, and then right behind it came a Ferrari, and she's like, what kind of car is that? And I said, that's a Ferrari. (laughs) And as it went by, you could just hear the rumble of the engine, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, and this man, though, he, he got to where at one point, and I don't know where he's at now, that he gives over 100% of his income. And yet, he keeps on growing. You know, this thing called generosity is something that we would all love to be able to do. He he took and he started paying college students that were going to Bible college. He paid them full-time, eight hours a day, to go soul winning. And so instead of them going to work at uh, some other job to try to earn an income to pay for their college... He just said, you know what? If you want to serve the Lord with your life, I'll just pay you to go soul winning right now so you can finish your college and and go soul winning. And thousands upon thousands of people have been saved. Why? Just because somebody learned this thing called generosity. Too often as believers, we get caught up with the tithe we stay right on the bottom shelf as though that first step is the goal. Well, I'll build up to being just obedient. But that's not the goal. The goal isn't to be able to just be obedient. The goal is to be able to be used by God and be generous. This morning, I'm going to speak to you on that subject. The steps of stewardship, generosity, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, now uh, I know the time is drawing near, but Lord, I pray that you'd help me to help these people. We assembled this morning to hear from heaven And we do thank you that you meet with us and you have given us your word and you have provided it for us and you have given us the spirit of God to to lead us and guide us into all truth. And so this morning, I pray that you would help me to be a help and a blessing uh, to these that are here. Help us, uh, Lord, to be able to grow in our faith. And Lord, if there's one here that does not know you as their savior, I pray today would be the day that they put their faith in Jesus Christ. May today be the day that people People take steps of uh, of following you uh, maybe some taking steps of obedience others taking steps uh, into this great wonderful opportunity of generosity and so I pray that you'd help us please for Christ's sake we pray amen the man was his name was Robert and different man and this man Robert uh, he, uh, he was an evangelist and as as Robert uh, was going into evangelism and he traveled just like missionaries would travel and he go from church to church around the nation and uh, with that uh, he's not like a pastor that has a salary he, he is just completely dependent upon love offerings that people give when he would speak and and Robert and his wife they were traveling and they were finishing up some a meeting and uh, this church and and as they were finishing up this meeting at this church, uh, the pastor came up after the, the meeting, and he was so excited, and he handed him an envelope. Now, uh, for pastors or uh, special speakers, getting that envelope is an encouragement. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, his his uh, uh, love offering was in this envelope, and he was given this envelope, and as the pastor uh, handed it to him, uh, he, he said, listen, he said, this is the Biggest love offering anybody has ever received from our church. And he was so excited about it. He said he, want, he wanted him to look at it. And so the, the missionary opens it up and he saw the number and he thanked the pastor and the pastor walked away. And, and this evangelist was thinking, Man alive, my. Offerings, they, they, they uh, go from $200 to maybe $800. He said, my, his budget, he said, this one offering was more than an entire month's worth of, of offerings. He was like, wow, this is awesome. And as he was thinking that in his mind and putting that offering in his pocket, he looked across the auditorium and he saw a missionary. And when he saw this missionary, God said, give him your offering. And he thought, Lord, I'm sure he got an offering too. (laughs) When the Lord said, give him your offering, and he was like, well, I mean, if I give him my offering, not only do I miss this full month's budget, I miss a week of even having an opportunity to earn and get that back. And what's that going to do to my family? And you know how it works. And you start running through your mind of all the different things. And, and here he's thinking, okay, I, I don't know about this. And, and the Lord just impressed him. Give him your offering. He signed the back of it and put it back in the envelope. He looked around and went over and started talking to that missionary. And nobody saw him. And he handed him the envelope. He said, This is my offering, and the Lord wants me to give it to you, but don't tell anybody. He said, okay, and he walked away. After the service there, they had uh, a fellowship, and they they had pizza. and uh, So everybody's over in the fellowship hall eating pizza. And and this this man, one of the men of the church, one of the leaders in the church, walked over to him, and, uh, and he said, how much was the offering? And he was like, what kind of question is that? And the guy pressed him and said, How much was that offering? And, you know, he's a little bit apprehensive, but he told him how much the offering was. And he said, Where's the check? Well, he had already given the check away. So Robert is looking at this and he's thinking, Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't want to tell him that I just gave it away. And so he said, I lied through my teeth. <laughs> Here, the evangelist who was just preaching truth. Now he's lying to this guy, and he tells him, uh, I gave it to my wife. <laughs> you know, wives, you get to be the scapegoat on all kinds of things, don't you? And his wife just got sucked into this lie. She has no idea of what has transpired, and, and so Robert, now he's, he's working through this in his own mind, and, and he tells this guy that uh, he gave it to his wife, and he said, go get it. And he's like, Uh. So he gets up and his wife is talking to the ladies and she's sitting over there and he he leans down like he's going to ask her about where the check was at. And he said, hey honey, how's your pizza? (laughs) Because she knows nothing about the situation and how's your pizza and it was fine. So he gets back up and he's, oh, she left it in the car. He lies again. And the guy looks at him and he looks right in his eyes and he said, the check is not in the car. The check is not in, your wife doesn't have the check. He said, how do you know? He said, because God told me. And he, ha- he said, not only did God tell me, God told me he is going to teach you something about generosity so you can teach the bride of Christ. And this man handed the the evangelist, who just lied to him, (laughs) hands him an envelope that had to the dollar 10 times the amount of what he just gave away. Now I've given money away and I haven't had 10 times come back at me. (laughs) But what I am saying is God blesses generosity. God blesses generosity. How many of you would love to be able to do something like and give something like that away? That would be amazing. And we would love to be in the position. Now, the idea is we think that somebody else is in that position and we're not. We think it's somebody else that is in a better position than we are, and so we are sort of removed out of this idea of being generous, because we think, well, I don't have enough to be able to do that. What about the widow and her? The widow's might? She cast in all that she had. Generosity has nothing to do with the amount that you possess. And and this morning, I want to just look at this a little bit, uh, the steps of generosity. And in this, uh, we see several things. But before we get into it, the generosity of sowing determines the generosity of reaping. The generosity of sowing determines the generosity of reaping. You know, we we make the statement, well, you reap what you sow. Absolutely, that's true. Now, we usually say that because something negative has, has happened, but the same thing is true about doing what is right. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 6, he said, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. We, When little seed is sown then we can see that there is going to be a little harvest. A little seed sown is going to equal a little bit of harvest. A bountiful sowing is going to be a bountiful harvest. About two, two and a half years ago, I had a pastor friend who was going through a lot personally, as well as ministry-wise, and and he asked me to uh, to just uh, get away with him a little bit and uh, just a time of encouragement and and so I traveled down with him to uh, uh, to Texas And when we got down to Texas we stayed in uh, on a property of a pastor he had a cabin and so we we stayed there well while we were there, uh, the pastor had a field that he needed to get uh, uh, to get s- uh, s- seed sown in this pastor uh, in his this uh, uh, field and uh, and so the pastor uh, went out to his, uh, uh, to his tractor to get this uh, thing all taken care of, and he had the, the, the tractor, and he had the seeder, and he had all the, the tools that he needed, but his tractor uh, broke, and there was a, a part that he could not get for like another week. Well, a storm was coming in, and he had one day to get that seed in the ground. And the pastor asked me, not the pastor that I went to visit with, but the pastor down there in Texas, he asked me, hey, could you help me get this field planted? You know, I've had a garden, but I've never planted a, an entire field. And, and so he, he, we loaded up a bunch of seed in the back of this truck, and he had somebody else drive the truck and, and each of us got on the tailgate and we're holding these huge bags of seed. And as we're holding the seed, the other man starts driving this truck around this field and we start grabbing handfuls of seed and we're throwing this seed out. You know, sometimes you'd throw the seed and it would just broadcast perfectly and spread out. And it was like, man, this is amazing. I'm pretty good at this. And then the next thing you know, it all dumps in one spot. And, and the truck is still moving, and all of a sudden you have this big bear spot. And, and we just kept on throwing this seed and uh, throwing the seed. And then we finished up and looked back, and we saw all these spots that weren't there yet, weren't seeded yet. And so they ran back through, and, and we're th- broadcasting the seed, uh, trying to get it all in the ground and planted, it. Uh, and, and finally we got this thing done. Uh, what I found out was I was not meant to be a farmer. But something I do know was he was so concerned about every piece of that ground having seed that we did not, see, we did not sow sparingly. He needed that that ground to produce. And because he needed that ground to produce, he, we were throwing seed and there was seed dumped everywhere. I'm sure if his seeder was working, it would have been probably half of the amount of seed that uh, we were sowing by hand. Uh, and it would have been a lot more organized and it would not have tore my arm up like it did. Uh, but, uh, but it would have, it would have, uh, it would have been uh, so much uh, more uh, organized, and everything would have been uh, done a lot more uh, spare. It would, have, it would have been exactly w- the amount of seed that was needed to be sown. Uh, but because he needed that ground to produce, we were sowing bountifully we were throwing that seed everywhere. Why? Because he wanted to make sure that there was a harvest. And so uh, here, I want you to see several things. Uh, in verse number uh, six, he said... the. Uh, he said, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. and He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, I've got 14 points. Number one this morning, uh, just kidding. Uh, number one, the people of generosity. Now, what are those first two words of verse number seven? Every man. Now, that, that includes us. That includes us. He said, Every man, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. For the believer, this is the life. The life of generosity is for every one of us. It is not just for somebody who we think is rich, or for somebody who we think has a great wealth or has, has extra Generosity is for everyone. All of us are to sow, and we are to sow bountifully. Uh, Generosity is there. So we see the people of generosity is every man. Number two, we see the purpose of generosity. Aren't you impressed on how quickly we went through those? Don't hold your breath for point three. All right. Uh, Verse number eight, the purpose of generosity, and God is able to make all grace abound toward God. You. To who? The every man that sowed bountifully. To the one who was generous. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, the Christian, the generous, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. You know, the generosity, the purpose of generosity is so we can abound to every good work. So we can be able to be a part of every good work. I was watching the news this morning. and As I watched it, uh, they, uh, Franklin Graham came on, and he is with uh, Samaritan's Purse. A- and already, they have, they have already got teams on the ground in Romania... Waiting to, help the, waiting to help the refugees coming out of Ukraine. You know what, what that was? That was, they are abounding to a good work. They are there ready to help in this good work. But you know why that is even possible? It's possible because of generosity. Not only did they have people with tents and counselors and water and food that were there to be able to help with the 150,000 that had already been, uh, had been displaced and had left the country, they are anticipating 4 million refugees. 4 million. They have asked them, they have got 5 mobile hospitals that they are, they are putting on a cargo plane. And you know what, what uh, uh, Franklin Graham said? He said, well, we, we are going to get our five hospitals put together, our mo- mobile hospitals. We're putting them on our cargo plane. Wow. You know why that is possible? Because generosity. Generosity. People have been generous, and in their generosity, that has given them the opportunity to be able to do uh, some good works and to be able to help uh, people that are there. There are so many needs around the world. I mean, just this last year, we had uh, participated in sending food uh, and providing food for for hungry children over in Africa, Uh, and uh, we've got a a food bank here for our people here in this area. Uh, There's needs of homeless Uh, there. Needs for recovery. There are needs for those who are in abusive situations, counseling and suicide, and family and marriage counseling, education and youth programs. There are so many needs, but so often the needs are not met because we do not live generous. And if we are not living in that state of generosity, then those needs go unmet, and we are not able to be a part of every good work. You see, there's a purpose. Our generosity isn't just, uh, it's not just so we can get, and our earning isn't just so we can, uh, we can enjoy the pleasures of life. Uh, one of these days, we're going to get to the end of our life, And how big our house is, and how many cars or boats or toys that we have, they really aren't going to matter much. You know what's going to matter? What have I done for the Master? What have I done for Him? What have I used my life for? Have I lived it for Jesus or have I lived it for myself? And so often when we talk about resources and we talk about offerings and giving and generosity, we think, well, I can't because I won't be able to have this, that, or the other. And the Lord has proven over and over again that, that he has a bigger hand. He can make sure that, that we have all sufficiency unto all things. And so you see the people of generosity is every man. The purpose of generosity, that ye, the generous, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God wants us to abound unto every good work. He wants us to be a part of every good work. And with that, the resources, the sowing, the attitude of our giving, uh, what does that do? That gives us the opportunity to do something great for Him. So the people of generosity the purpose of generosity. Lastly, the promise of generosity. Look at verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 10, and I'm almost done. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know, the one who gives us the seed even to sow said I'll make sure that you have seed to cover your bread. He said I'll make sure that your urgent needs are met. He that minister God, he's the one that gives us the seed to sow. And he, as he is giving us that seed to sow, he says, as you are sowing, he said, make sure you know that I will will supply the seed that you need for your bread, for your sustenance, for your provision. He will minister. He will serve. That's what the word minister is. Serve. And the Lord says, I will serve, I will provide for you. I will provide for your food, your bread. He goes on, and, he said, not only will I provide your your bread, he says, and I will multiply your seed sown. And so as you are sowing bountifully, he said, now I am going to multiply that seed sown. I'm going to take it and I'm going to make it uh, multiplied. I'm going to use it beyond what you could have ever done in your own ability. He says, I will minister seed to your son. Uh, he said, I will multiply your seed sown. And not only will I do that, he said, I will increase the fruits of your righteousness. He said, the fruits, the results of your right actions, your right living, he said, I will increase the fruits of it. I will make you fruitful. I will make you a blessing. You see, generosity is a life that all of us need to have. You know, I wonder how tight-fisted we are on our resources. And I wonder if the Lord wants us to start proving him. I wonder if the Lord wants us to start living and being more generous. And in doing so, what will we find? We will find that as we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. The harvest is multiplied the amount of the sowing. You sow a couple seeds, and not only do you get fruit, every every bit of fruit has more seeds in itself. Far more than you ever put out. Think about just a couple grains or a couple corns, kernels of corn that get planted. Well, you think about you put three three kernels of corn in the ground to get a stock of corn. And all of a sudden on that stock, you get multiplied ears of corn. And on every ear of corn, there's a hundredfold of what you just put in. It's multiplied amounts. Why? Because God, the principles of sowing and reaping, they're across the board. They're not only in creation They're also to be in Christianity. They are to be in how we live. And God wants us to be people of generosity. You know, I don't know what that generosity is going to be. The Lord puts his finger on different needs. We've had people over the years who were concerned about shoes. They would walk through the services and they would look to see who needs a pair of shoes and they would go buy them shoes. There are people that would hear about a need and we've had people give cars away. We've had people give dollars away. We've had people that have gone and met urgent needs. We've had people that have gone and worked on somebody else's house. Oh, what was it? It was just generosity and and trying to be a help and a blessing to somebody else. Uh, But the life of the Christian should be a life of generosity. It's just a step in stewardship. Just a step. But what we find is that step is a culmination of what everything else means, And trying to get to a place where now we are not trying to hold on and to keep it back. That we are giving and allowing God to use us to be a help and a blessing to those that are here. I think about just just the generosity of what we've already had this last year. Over $70,000 went to the foreign field, missions. And you think about the, the resources that, that come in and go back out. But that those those opportunities, those opportunities are based on what we are willing to sow. And may we truly be a people of generosity. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, as we talk about a subject that uh, many have a, a struggle with, I do pray that they would receive it in the, the attitude and the heart that it was uh, taught. And I pray that you'd help all of us to just recognize, Lord, we have an opportunity to give to you and uh, to be generous with what you have given to us. And so I pray that you'd help us. Bless the hearts of those that are here this morning. You know the needs, the needs of those that uh, do not know you as their savior, those that have been saved and uh, need to follow you in baptism, those that uh, just, they have a direction. They're They're just needing to grow in their faith and all of us are in that place. I pray all of us would grow in our walk with you and in our faith. So help us this morning, please. For Christ's sake, we pray, amen. Let's stand together as the invitation plays maybe the Lord put his finger on something in your life. Maybe it had to do with generosity. Maybe it was something completely different. But the Lord put his finger on something in your life. Let's respond to him this morning. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me encourage you to come. I'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. Maybe as a child of God, you're got some things that he's been working on in your life. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's BBC, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.